you believe in the same things. Yeah. Because it's going to be very hard if you believe in spiritual warfare. Yep. And your husband doesn't believe spirits exist. Mm. What are you going to teach your kids? Welcome to the Growing with the Nearest podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm Sonia Nira. And we want to thank you for joining us on this journey as we explore topics such as faith, purpose, and relationships. We're so glad that you joined us today. Sonia, are you excited about today's topic? I'm always excited about our topic. <laughs> yes, I'm very excited about our topic. Today, our topic is unequally yoked in marriage yes so brian will you explain what we mean by that yes absolutely we're gonna really be kind of diving in and and and, and talking from the the scripture second corinthians uh, 6 verse 14 and 15 and it says do not be yoked together with unbelievers for what do righteousness and wickedness have in common or what fellowship can light have with darkness what harmony is there between christ and belial or what does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? Now, in the light of that scripture, one thing that is one thing that happens is that um, people will get married who are unequally yoked, and I think that there is um, levels of being unequally yoked mm-hmm. in marriage. Um, you know, sometimes you're married to somebody, you're a believer who's married to somebody who is not a believer. And that's a level of being unequally yoked. But then there's also a level within marriage where you both have accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, but spiritually you guys are on two different pages and you're at really at two different maturity levels of um, of, of spiritual, of, of being a, a follower of Christ. And so what we want to discuss today is like, you know, how do we operate within that context? How do we, um, you know, if if you're somebody listening, you're like, my spouse, they confess Jesus as their Lord and Savior, but their life and the practice of their life isn't reflecting of somebody who is a believer and it's, it's, it's a struggle. Or you're somebody who's like, my spouse is not even a Christian at all. How do I operate within that context? And so that's kind of what we're going to... Um, the the angles that we're going to be taking today. Yeah, I feel like I want to be careful. Oh yeah. Because I feel very passionate about this mm-hmm. um because of the implications of what can happen to your life. Yeah. If you don't yield to this principle. Mm-hmm. Um it's a big deal. It's a big deal. So, I don't want to beat the sheep. I don't want to I don't want to induce shame. But I do want to speak plainly. And I just have to say, yeah, if you think it's okay to marry, if you're a if you are a Christian and you think it's perfectly fine to marry someone who's not a Christian, I just think, I just don't know where you are. I don't think you're very, I don't know where you're at with the Lord. That's what I want to say. Mm. Because if you think it's acceptable, I think that's futile thinking. Mm. And I think that you, I don't know. Do you think that there's, well, there's many ways. Oh, well, there's, well, that's not correct. You know, Jesus is the only way. Yeah. And you're going to be doing your entire life together. You're potentially going to be raising kids together. Yeah. Well, what ideology, what worldview are you going to be, believing in your home what is going to be accepted in your home what is because i just believe bad company corrupts good morals yeah so well let me ask you this question because the person who's listening who's like 
I, I want to marry somebody who's not a believer, you know, their mindset is might be, well, God's called us to love everybody. And I believe that I believe that, you know, when we're married, I'm going to be able to essentially witness them into a life, into um, being followers of Christ. That might be their perspective. What do you say to that person who has that mindset? Yeah, I think I think it's a really good thought, but I think it's a lie wrapped in some truth. You know, mm. I think it has a sweet tasting flavor, but it goes sour in your tummy because the reality is, is we are called to love everybody, but we're not called, called to marry everyone. Mm. So we are absolutely supposed to have unbelieving friends. We're absolutely supposed to, you know, stay connected to unbelieving family members. We're absolutely, absolutely supposed to be loving on people that don't know Jesus. Yeah. But we're only supposed to marry one person our entire life. Obviously, there's things that happen. People die. You get remarried. Sometimes there's divorce. But I believe it's God's original plan that we we were to marry one for our whole life. We're not marrying yeah. a thousand. We're not marrying the world. We're marrying one. And that one, sh- there should be some strict qualifications. And one of the strict qualifications is that you are equally yoked, as in you both serve the Lord. And I think a lot of people, that's not going to be an issue. I think a lot of people are going to agree with us on that. I think even non-believers are probably going to agree with us on that, Um, to be quite honest. I think where we get into the nitty-gritty of this scripture is, is unequally yoked in your walk with God as far as like, how spiritually mature are you? Yeah. Are you guys compatible in your in your spiritual maturity? That's a really big question that needs to be answered, and not yeah. just by you, but also by your mentors, by your pastoral covering, by you know friends that you would trust to speak in to speak into that. Um, I think that's more of the question because we can dive into why you shouldn't marry an unbeliever, but. Um, I think it's more of spiritual maturity and figuring out, are you guys a fair match? And I wouldn't even say like necessarily an equal match, but like a fair match. 100%. That's, that's my thoughts. And I just want to say like for anybody who would listen to this and be like, Oh, they're just being legalistic. They're just being, no, it's not legalism. It's actually wisdom. Yeah. It's actually wisdom that we're talking about. Um, because we honestly, in this conversation of should you marry an unbeliever, should you marry someone who's unequally yoked? Just to be honest, we're trying to save you a lot of heartache uh, and a lot of uh, hardship. Um, because one of the things that happens within the context of marriage is that things become um, magnified. So, like when you when you choose to marry somebody who is not a believer, the propensity is ultimately for them to double down on that. Whenever you're within the context of marriage, especially because marriage is without a doubt a crucible. Marriage is a crucible. <laughs> oh my and gosh. This is the thing. But this is the thing. It's a crucible. Hopefully a when govern- crucible. Yeah. It's a crucible when governed by God ultimately draws us closer to him and makes us more like him. And it's a process. The process can be boiled down to the word sanctification. Like marriage is a context where we are sanctified and where we're brought to be more like Christ. And obviously there's so many wonderful things within it. Like there's so many pleasurable things and it's 
unbelievably amazing. Like being married is awesome. Awesome. It's so fun and so, um, so fruitful. Um, but ultimately God created marriage ultimately to have communion with man. He committed he, two people coming into covenant with him ultimately so that they can have deeper fellowship with him. And like, that's what you should, I think that's what everybody should desire is to desire to have somebody, somebody with them in marriage who is equally committed to the covenant and equally committed to Christ so that you two are moving in the same direction towards Christ. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, Definitely, you know, the first question I ask, do you think it's okay to marry someone who you are not spiritually equally yoked with? Um, you could, but in my opinion, I don't think it's advisable. You said something so powerful. The people who are around you, your spiritual community should be accountable to who you are married. I'm sorry, they shouldn't be accountable to them. They should be able to ultimately speak into whether they believe that you are spiritually yoked yeah, with the person. There are checks and balances. Exactly. Yeah. They're an accountability they're an yeah. accountability system that we can use. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. powerful. The Lord has given us community for a checks and balance system for the power that He's given us in our life to make choices. Yeah. Which is really, really powerful. Yeah. Um what was your question that you just asked? The question I asked is, do you think it's okay to marry someone who you are not spiritually equally yoked with? Yeah. And so I feel like we answered that pretty thoroughly. Me too. I have a question. I have a question. Yeah. Which I feel like affects a lot more people than... I think at this this question affects more people than the former question. Yeah. I think a lot of us... In, who are Christians, we completely agree. We're not really in the market to look for somebody to have a different faith. Yeah. Okay. So when you, when this scriptures is used, I think it's used more, more often as, you know, find someone that's more of a fair match in your spiritual maturity. <coughs> Would you agree or disagree with that? Agreed. Okay. So then this is my second question. What happens after you get married and you find out you're not as equally yoked as you thought? Is that the end of the question? Yep. <laughs> I think what happens, um, number one. Like, what one, do you do? Yeah, I think that. That's a reality. Well, the fact of the matter is you've made a covenant, you've made a commitment, and you're exactly right. I think there's only so much vetting that can be done in the um in like your pre-marriage state. Um, And there's only so much like, like you ultimately just want to use wisdom and discernment to like look at the fruit of somebody's life, you know? And so I think just like we talked about just a second ago, like I said, it was pretty radical, but marriage being a crucible. What happens is that marriage magnifies things. I don't really agree with that. You know, you don't think marriage magnifies things? No, I don't agree that marriage is a crucible. I think that's too intense. I think yeah. I think that portrays marriage in a really negative light and it's not. It's a beautiful thing. Yeah. Pruning is not the cross. Like pruning is not a crucible. Mm, but dying. You're being pruned. But dying is. 
And that's exactly what God has called us to, it, to an extent within marriage. He's called us to come and to lay ourselves down. Yeah, that's true. To lay ourselves down it's each, just, and, every, that is each true. and every single day. He's called it's us just to. not as romantic as I oh, want it to sound. But this is the thing. <laughs> the results. It's true. You know We're called to die for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is true. It's true. And, and, and yeah, this is the thing. I just we don't can say that because the like results. Like how it doesn't sound romantic, oh, but I it know. is true. <laughs> <laughs> the results. The results are, are the romantic part. The yeah. results of what happened when we allow the Lord to come into our marriage and come into our lives and examine our lives. And just like you said, prune, but also chop off and cut off areas of our lives that don't bring him glory. It ultimately, the fruit of that is number one, greater communion with him. Number two, greater communion with the, with our spouse And number three, the opportunity then to pass that on to our children. Yeah. And so I know crucible is like a hard thing to like, but this is the thing. What else like what else goes into the fire and is refined into beauty? Yeah. Silver gold. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I just think I was around a culture growing up, like even just in my friend groups. Okay where marriage was really portrayed in a negative light. Yeah. Like you'll see it on like movies and stuff Yeah, where men will be like, why would I ever want to get married? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, like it's just, and, and this, it's just, and it's so negatively too. portrayed. Yeah. yeah. Like literally pop culture is like marriage holds you back. It exactly. doesn't, it doesn't propel you forward. It actually holds you back. And that is a complete and total lie. Yeah. And so to say it's a crucible just like reminds me of that yeah. sentiment, but it's just, that's just not true. You know, it's not true that marriage told you back. It propels you I forward. I want to write a song called The Beauty of the Fire. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> but I agree with you. Yeah. That. I know. The, the, it, people who hate marriage because they don't enjoy the sanctification process. They don't yeah. enjoy the pruning process. But people like us, we think it's beautiful. We think it's special. And we're longing to grow. Hence, yeah. growing with the Neras. And so even though it's not enjoyable to be pruned, even though it's not enjoyable to die, yeah. we are grateful on the, you know, on in hindsight, because we're so grateful to be able to grow. So to answer the question, I feel like what happens when you find out that you're not as equally yoked to, as you, to your spouse as you thought? Yeah. I just believe that we're called to those areas to help prune them. Yeah. And I think that we're called to those areas in our spouse's life Yeah. to pray for them to intercede with them to to bear the fruit of long suffering in our own lives when their spouse doesn't have the spirit as much fruit of gentleness as you would prefer yeah or if your your spouse has doesn't have as much fruit of patience as you would prefer maybe you're maybe their maybe their tree in this theoretical vineyard yeah is literally just sprouting up and you have you can go you know, lounge underneath the shade underneath your tree. Yeah. You know, but what if the Lord has called you to transplant your fruit, you know, open up your fruit, take out the seeds and go plant it in their vineyard. Yeah. Because it's, that's God's grace on their life that he would put you in their life. Um, I mean, I, and that's just kind of with smaller stuff. I think that there's always going to be uh, strengths and weaknesses that clash in marriage where someone could be like, 
oh, we're not equally yoked. Well, honestly, you were never going to be perfectly the same. Exactly. And so that is the that is the point, is the Lord is actually, by His grace, using you in your spouse's life and vice versa to be called higher into a higher place so that at the end of your life, both of your vineyards are flourishing yeah. because you both are willing to be gardeners in each other's vineyard. And I think that's really important. Yeah. But then you even have instances where it's more than spiritual fruit. Like they literally don't believe the same doctrine as you. And and that's exactly what I was getting ready to say. Cause it's very important when we're looking at this scripture, do not be yoked together with unbelievers. What was a yoke? Like, what are they talking about when they're talking about this word yoke? A yoke was literally the teachings of a rabbi. Yeah. A yoke was, that's why when Jesus said, you know, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Come to me, Ahore. My yoke is easy. What he was saying is that the teachings that I have, they're, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. I'm not going to shame you. So going back to what this scripture is is saying is like, do not be yoked to with unbelievers. It's literally telling us, do not be subscribed and aligned and in covenant with people who have different beliefs who have different beliefs and ways of thinking than you. And so what I was going to say is I want I want you to continue your thought. But what I was going to say is there is a level of walking with somebody in marriage because there will be times where your spouse isn't where you are, where you are spiritually. You have to be very careful not to lord that over them. Yeah, and you, you have to, to be, be humble because what if you find out actually they were correct? Exactly. <laughs> you can't always assume that you are the, the stronger link. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I think it takes great humility. Yeah. I think, you know, we didn't, I don't really think we had any like real differences in our ideology other than like maybe political views. Yeah. And we both had to humble ourselves and have hard conversations. And we found out we actually have the core same values. Yes. We literally have the same values. Yes. And so if I, if I would have gone into them, this is like a silly example, but if I would have gone into our marriage and been like, I actually have the superior strength. Exactly. And you don't. Exactly. And I am, I'm going to be the tool to change you. Like yeah. we've got to be very careful because that isn't unhealthy. Yeah, perspective. Exactly. Because what what ultimately, like you were saying, is God may be calling you to help that person grow. You are equally you're equally yoked in your in your in your ideologies and in all the things that you believe about God. Yeah. But maybe the fruit of their life isn't where you are. Yeah. But like and I think we talked about um, earlier somewhere we talked about like literally like a forest or a field with trees and some being mighty oaks and then some being just little, what do they call the little trees, shrubs or whatever they call them. <laughs> L- little trees. I don't even know. But it's still a tree that is going to grow. Yeah, into it just mighty, it will take time. It, it'll take time. Yeah, and yeah. so I think that that's another thing to think about when you're on this journey is, you know, people who, cause there will be some people who are like, who are legalistic about it and who are like, nope, they're not, they're not where I am. Yeah, so I can't marry them or I can't be with them yeah. or something like that. I think be careful with that. I think that this scripture, when it talks about being equally yoked, I think it's talking more about deep pillars of the faith. Yeah. Do you have the same doctrine? Do you believe in the same things? Yeah. Because it's going to be very hard if you believe in spiritual warfare. 
Yep. And your husband doesn't believe spirits exist. Mm. What are you going to teach your kids? Yep. The Lord is going to be giving you all yeah. kinds of downloads you can't even share with your husband. Exactly. Like, is that really the life you want to live? No. Nope. No, it's really not because then you can't really be unified. Exactly. And so I think more than spiritual fruit, that's very, it's wisdom yeah. to, to see, you know, like, are we, are we pretty, are we, are we a good match in this area? Yeah. Um, but I think when it talks about being yoked, I think these are like really pillars of your faith that, Really, in the courtship dating process, it really should be like an extended, extensive interview, yeah. not like running off into the d- distance, like holding hands and frolicking. It's like, no, actually, yeah, you're going to be falling in love, and that's great for real. But this should be an interview. Like, you really need to find out what they believe. Yeah, one hundred percent. You and really need to find out what. Well, within the process of dating, hopefully, you know, uh, when done in pursuit. When done well, you're able to see the fruit of somebody. Like, this is the thing. You know, if you're not going to church with them. Yeah, if you never not, pray, you never yeah. see them. You never see them pray on their own. You don't yeah. see them leading leaving, leading themselves spiritually. Spiritually reading you don't the Bible. See, you, yeah, like, praying, that's so important. Yeah. Um, I really want to touch on really quick, you know, before we close. You know, what happens if you marry somebody? Because you... You're with them through so many seasons. Yes. What if they backslide? Yeah. What if they stop becoming a believer? That's a real thing yeah, that people that walk through. Yep, that, that definitely um, You know, and I just want to read this scripture because this is stuff that people are walking through. Okay. Yeah. 1 Corinthians 7, 12 through 14 says, To the rest I say, um, I, not the Lord, that if any brother has a wife who is an unbeliever and she consents to live with him, she should not divorce her or he should not divorce her. If any woman has a husband who is an unbeliever and he consents to live with her, she should not divorce him. Wow. And so if you're listening to this and you like right before this moment, you were like, that's right. I should not be with him. (laughs) You're, this is all the reasons why we are not a match. Yep. And I need out of this relationship. Yeah. Well, the Lord is saying to you right now, better that you stay, yep. that he or she may come back to the Lord yeah. than for you to li- leave. Yeah. And so you get the absolute privilege to walk out the true gospel in your life and the, the true great commission and present the gospel to your family and that that your your household may be saved. You get the privilege to toil and see the fruit of long suffering sprout up in your life and bear fruit. And ain't nobody talking about long suffering. Yeah. Ain't nobody talking about a big motivational speech about the fruit of long suffering because no one wants to bear that fruit. Yeah, that's exactly right. No one. Trust me. Even the most humble, meek person who's willing to go through the fire to have that kind of fruit actually likes it yeah you know like it's not fun it's not fun at all it is not fun to be yoked i have been in i have been in relationships not intimate relationships not intimate relationships with a man or anything like that because i'm trying to speak codedly so i don't dishonor this person publicly i've been in relationships where we have had to reach a common goal and the person is not a believer this could be this could be a classmate you're working on a project with. This could be a business partner. This could be um, 
you know, someone, a colleague that you're literally, you have to do a project together and they, they're not a believer. Mm-hmm. Trust me. I know what it feels like. The, the way that they live their life, the way they'll talk to you, the way they interact with you, the way they handle certain things, it's not going to be pleasing to you. It's going to be very uncomfortable, right? And so for you to choose to stay is a higher call and is a harder call. Yeah, that's the truth. So, so as much as people rent, vent and rant about how important it is to be equally yoked, the reality is you're going to go through seasons in life with your spouse, some severe more than others, where your spouse is not going to demonstrate the fruit or the strength that you need them to. Mm-hmm. And what are you going to do when that happens? Yeah. Are you going to leave them? Are you going to reject them? Are you going to abandon them? Yeah. Are you going to jump in the fire with them? Yeah. And, and be patient. Exactly. And be kind and be gentle and to pray for them and to love them. Yeah. I, I can honestly say that my husband has done this with a remarkable in a a remarkable fashion for me Mm. because the moment we got married, we went through a very hard season and we have a pot, we have a YouTube video about it. Mm -hmm. Um, I immediately demonstrated fruit. He had never seen before in our dating Mm. because I was afraid. I was scared. I was overwhelmed. Yeah. And I felt I was drowning in purposelessness. He, we've gone through seasons where he's watched He's watched his wife go through depression. He's watched his wife go through anxiety. And nowhere in our dating season did I have any of those things on display because I hadn't gone through that season yet. Yeah. And so without a doubt, Brian absolutely exhibited such a stronger faith than me in certain areas. And if it was not for him stepping up and not, per- he didn't ever, he never made me feel shame. He never made me feel like I cannot believe I'm with you. I actually would ask him like, like, are you, do you regret like doing this? Because I (laughs) feel like I feel, I feel shame that I can't be strong for you. Yeah. I don't want you to be ashamed of me. Mm -hmm. And he met, he was always so gentle, always so kind. Um, so yeah, that's kind of my tidbit. I have compassion on the weaker vessel. Yes. I have compassion on those that still need to grow spiritually have compassion on those that need that are are the weaker link in a certain area of the marriage. You know, I have compassion for them. So as much as we say, you know, this is wisdom, you know, on yeah. the onset, once you're in it, you're in it and have compassion in on your spouse that has weaknesses. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah. Well, let pray us out. <sighs> yes, Lord, I just pray right now for those who are walking through courtship or dating or engagement, I pray that you would give them wisdom. I pray that um, believers would marry believers. I pray, Lord Jesus, that people would be equally yoked and fair matched. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that um, you would give coverings over these people's lives wisdom. And I pray, Lord, that they would ultimately submit to your will. That if you say yes, then it's a yes. But if you say no, it's a no. I pray, Lord Jesus, over marriages. I pray for husbands and wives that um, seemingly uh, seem to be (laughs) not yoked correctly. 
I think that we all will experience at some point in our marriage, like I, this is not my match. What was I thinking? I think everyone is going to go through that thought at some point in their lives. And that is when you get to choose. And I pray Lord Jesus that you would help these people choose to love, to have the fruit of long suffering, to be gracious, to be kind, to pray for their spouse, to bless their spouse, to honor their spouse, to lift their spouse up, to encourage their spouse, to not control their spouse, and to love unconditionally without condition. So I just pray, Lord Jesus, that you would be strong in our weaknesses. And I pray that you would raise up your children and bring us into a maturity that's healthy and beneficial for our our families, our marriages, and our relationship with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for tuning into the Growing With The Nearest podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure that you share it with a friend and also that you leave a review and subscribe on whatever platform that you are listening or watching on. And we will see you next week.